good today, being that it was Father's Day, that we consider our Heavenly Father. This is not directly a message to our fathers. It does um, relate to them, and I'm sorry I didn't do a Mother's Day message, but uh, this really is about our Heavenly Father. And there are a number of things that those in our congregation, many in our congregation, are facing some difficulties and hardships. And just life is often hard, isn't it? And I thought it would be helpful, I hope refreshing for us, to consider a truth that I, I think we all know, is that we have a Heavenly Father who knows us, who loves us, who's intimately acquainted with us. And so today, from Psalm 103, we want to look here and see our Father's compassion. And... Um, We are told in verse 13 here that as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. And uh, so we want to look at this, but before we do, we want to consider, first of all, that as we think of what it means to be a Christian, there are many metaphors that are used in Scripture to describe what God has blessed us with. We have a shepherd, and we are his sheep. We also are a building, that Christ is the chief cornerstone of that building, and we are, as as it were, we're a temple. Uh, We are living stones that are being placed in this temple, and God dwells in the midst of his people. The, The church, the people of God, are like a body, and all of the various members work together for for the good of the body. But one of the imageries that is given is that we belong to a family. When God saves us, he makes us to be part of a forever family. And I love this truth from the word of God. And so we want to first be reminded that being a Christian is a family affair. We have been adopted and we have been made sons of the king. The father has set his love upon his people before the world ever began and in Ephesians Paul says he has predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glory and grace which he has blessed us in the beloved. I'm an adoptive father and I love Adoption, the stories of adoption. And this is true of us if we are in Christ. We have a story that we who were aliens by birth and and sinners and had gone our own way, that God has adopted us. If we are in Christ and he has made us to be his own. Galatians 4 says that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that that we might receive the adoption as sons. And he has given his spirit to us so that we are able to cry out, Abba, Father. Abba is a, a very intimate word. We could say, Daddy. It's the language of the living room of a child sitting upon his father's lap. He is Abba, Father, to his people. 
We were aliens by birth. We were children of wrath. But he has adopted us. He has brought us in and made us to be his children. But we also, in this family, we have an elder brother. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, the very Son of God. And Hebrews 2 tells us that he made, he, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. We partake of flesh and blood. He partook of the same so that he might be our great high priest, that he might intercede for us as needy and helpless sinners. This is our elder brother to whom we have, who cares for us. And then, of course, all of this leads us today to think of our heavenly father. We have been brought into this family, and we are children, and we are sons. We have been adopted. We have been purchased by Christ, and we are accepted in the beloved one, and he is our father. It's interesting that most of the epistles in the New Testament begin with something like this, as with the, the epistle of Paul to the Romans. To all those who are in Rome, who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that over and over again. He is God, our Father. We belong to him. He is our Father. And so Jesus taught us to pray how? Our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father who is in heaven. This is the one to whom we pray. The Apostle John couldn't get over this amazing, amazing truth that we would be the children of God. And then 1 John 3, 1, he says, Behold, what manner of love is this, that we should be called the children of God. So we belong to a family. If we are in Christ, if we by faith have placed our trust in Christ, we've been born of the Spirit of God, we are a part of this forever family And we have this wonderful Heavenly Father. So secondly, this morning, we see a father's compassion and care. And it is seen here in Psalm 103. I love Psalm 103. And it begins this way. David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. I hope, brothers and sisters, that you do this often, that you consciously stop to count the blessings that God has heaped upon you. And if you're a Christian, he indeed has done that. We read in Ephesians 1 where Paul breaks forth in this great praise to God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ. And here David similarly is saying, bless the Lord and forget not the many benefits that he has given to you. And if you ever get in a spiritual funk where you know things are not right spiritually, you just stop and do what David says here. It'll change your attitude. Look what God has done for me. Look at the benefits that he has showered upon me 
It'll change your mind and your heart and your disposition. And so David here gives us just a sampling of some of these blessings as he thinks about how God has blessed us. Verse 3, he forgives all your iniquity, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. He satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And then he goes on with many more. But one of these is in verse 13. And he says this, that as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. So I thought on this Father's Day it would be good for us to consider this. And what we find here is a divine simile. And if you remember back in school, grammar school, when you were learning about speech and grammar and so forth, a simile is making a comparison between two things that are really different from one another, and it usually uses words like as or like, a simile. And it's making a comparison to make a point, to, make, to illustrate something, and to help us to understand um, by using an illustration. And we actually have several here in this chapter, verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, all right, this is a, a great big distance, isn't it? You think about this earth in which we live, and you look up at night into the sky, and you think of that great gap there, that great span. Well, as high as the heavens are above the earth, he goes on to say, He's making this comparison as far as as high as the heavens are above the earth. So great is his steadfast love to those who fear him. Think about the love of God. It's no minor thing. When you think about this great span, God's love, his steadfast love to his people is far greater than that. And then he goes on in verse 12. As far as the east is from the west. These two don't meet. They're going in opposite directions as far as the east is from the west. In a far greater way, God has removed our transgressions from us. These are going in opposite directions. God has separated our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. And so here is this simile that is used and What is he wanting to describe here? He's wanting to describe and show to us the compassion that God has for his people. He pities them. He has compassion upon them. The word has this idea of love and mercy kind of bound together, this word. It's it's tender affection, compassion to do good. And this is used of God. It's liking it to a father who has compassion. In Luke 11, Jesus says this, if you, if your sons ask bread, will you give them a stone? If your son asks of you a fish, would you give him a serpent? If your son would ask of you an egg, would you give him a scorpion? Well, Jesus said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Will your Father not give to you good gifts? And so we have here this illustration on this Father's Day of a father who has 
compassion upon his children. He pities his children. Now, we know because of sin that sin has brought devastation in many, many ways, and especially even in human relationships. And not all fathers have this kind of compassion. But I think that David is thinking here of a father who who knows God. He talks in this verse about those who fear him. A man whose heart has been changed by the grace of God. He's been, we would say, regenerated. He has compassion. He has pity upon his children that God has given to him. And so this becomes the illustration of a father who pities his children, but in a far greater way, David is going to show us that that God pities. He has compassion upon his children. So we want to expand this a little bit. Our father's compassion for our frailties. We really are weak and frail, aren't we? And here, David goes on to say in verse 14, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust, and as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. Because of our fallenness, men are, are full of pride, aren't they? We think we're so strong, but the reality is we're really all very frail, aren't we? We're all very weak. We are utterly dependent upon our God. He is the one that gives us the very breath that we breathe. And so he is mindful, even as a father is mindful of the frailties of his son. He knows our frame. He knows how we're put together. We're and this word is used of a potter and making a, play, uh, a clay pot. And God knows us that we're just like that, like that clay pot. We are, we are fragile. We are, we are like dust. And a father is like that. A father has compassion toward his son. He recognizes that that little boy, is, that little girl is, is frail, especially when they are newborns. You know, they're... There may be this father that is strong and masculine, but there's a tenderness with which he holds his little son or daughter. I've seen that in my own son. It's been a blessing to see that. These big, big uh, hands, but very gently holding his little boy, Derek, my grandson. And uh, it's, it's a joy to watch that and to see that. And I'm very thankful that he has such a heart as that. And so here's a father that has compassion, has pity toward the weakness of his own son, the frailty of that son. And even as that child will be growing, there is this ongoing compassion, this pity. As he's learning to walk, being patient with him. As he's learning to ride a bike, teaching him and helping him, knowing he's weak and and helping him. And so it is with his soul. They are emotionally fragile. They can be discouraged. They can be disappointed. They can be frustrated with things in life. And a father is able to come and to show compassion and pity upon his children. And so David says in a far, far greater way, this is the kind of father that we have. 
one who is concerned for us, has compassion for us in our frailty. He knows, he knows our frame. He knows the frailty of our bodies. Our bodies are frail, are they not? And he is one who is not indifferent to us. In our weakness, in our bodies, it draws out the compassion of our Father for us. David in Psalm 139 says there that God knows all about me. He knows when I sit down. He knows when I rise up. He knows me intimately. And David says this, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. Think about that that God would think about me. And not just once or twice, but I can't even count the number of times David says that he thinks about me. That's an amazing thought, but he knows us in our frailty, in our weakness, in our brokenness, not only in body, but also in our souls. He knows the frailty of our souls. He knows the very hairs of our head. He's intimately acquainted with us. The psalmist David says this, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. What an encouragement to us. The brokenhearted. It draws out the father's compassion, his pity for his children, for his sons and his daughters. He he shows pity to them. And as we think of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is a representation to us of the divine nature in human flesh, he is a reflection of who his father is. We are told in John 1 that, or John 14, Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. And what what is Christ to his people? Well, he is our sympathetic high priest, according to Hebrews 4. When we come to the throne of grace, Do we find someone who is indifferent or cold to us? No. We have a high priest who is sympathetic, who has been tested in all points like we are yet without sin. And he is able to give grace and help to his people. He's just like his father. And Isaiah tells us that a a broken reed he will not crush. And a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. Oh, brothers and sisters, what a heavenly father we have in our own weak bodies and souls that he pities us he has compassion upon us but we might also think that he has compassion to he has compassion upon us even in our own foolishness we know as children that we often well i i know looking back there were many foolish things that i did and i'm not going to tell you what they are they were but There were many of them. And what is the heart of the Father? It's drawn out to have compassion even when we are foolish, when we make unwise choices. The Father has compassion and pities his son or his daughter even then when he has been foolish in decision. And so it is with our God that he is is long-suffering. He is patient with us. And again, when we have been foolish, he is compassionate. 
and he disciplines us and he loves us still and cares for us. We see that even again with Jesus and his disciples who often were just missing the the big picture and Jesus is so patient with them and they become even concerned about themselves. Jesus is going to the cross and they're concerned about who is the greatest, who's going to sit on the right hand and the left hand of Jesus and Jesus is patient with them. Peter, you're going to deny me three times. I'll never deny you. I'll die for you. And yet Jesus said to Peter, Peter, I'm I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Our Father is compassionate to us even when we are foolish. But thankfully, he is compassionate. He pities us even in our faults, in our sin. We know with our own children that they have inherited from us a fallen nature. They go astray from the womb telling lies. And we come to know that as parents. We see that. We see in our children the fallenness of our race. We we see sin. And often they will even sin against us. But a, a father has compassion upon his son, his daughter, as he knows this, that that they, they, they have this sinful nature. Their heart is bound by sin, and therefore their desire is to point them to Christ as a Savior. But there is this compassion that goes out to them, even in the midst of their own sinfulness, to pity them and to pray for them and to plead with them. As we think of our Heavenly Father, He knows all about us too, doesn't He? He sees our sins. He sees our faults. Our hearts are desperately wicked, left to themselves. Who can know them? But God knows them. And he still loves us. And he still cares for us. David said, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. We read these words in Isaiah 49. Can a woman forget her nursing child? And not have compassion on the son of her womb? And the answer to that is generally no, but sometimes that does happen. Sometimes that does happen. Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Even when we sin, even when we stray from our father, his heart is drawn out to us to pity us and to have compassion upon us, the sin that enslaves us, draws out the compassion of our Father. Dane Ortland says, we cannot sin our way out of our Father's great compassion. We cannot sin our way out of God's great compassion for his children. Aren't you thankful for that? Romans 5.8, God demonstrated his love toward us, even that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God spared not his own son for us. And if he did that, will he not also with him freely give us all things? I'm so thankful for a father who is long-suffering, who is patient, who is forgiving. And our sin and our waywardness does not turn him away from us. It draws him to us in compassion and love for his children. And so we thank God for 
such love that he has had upon us. Here in his love, not that we have loved him, but that he has loved us and he has sent his own son to to make propitiation for our sins. And then we can think of our falls. We do sin and we have faults, but we fall and we fall We fall often, don't we? We often are like sheep and we're prone to go our own way. But a father with his child is, he's compassionate. When his child falls again and again, he helps him, he picks him up. He's learning to walk and he falls and he picks him up. He's learning to ride a bike and he helps him get back on the bike. And so it is with our heavenly father. He's compassionate to us even when we fall spiritually. We fall again and again And again, and again, it draws out the compassion of the father for his children to give help to them, to draw them back and to encourage them, even though they've fallen one more time. Sometimes people may feel, and they've said this, I've sinned against God so many times in this particular area. How could he ever forgive me? David reminds us that he is a compassionate father and he is forgiving and his heart goes out to his children and he forgives. And so we need to understand that. We think too much of our sin and often too little of God and his fatherly love and his grace. And so we need to run to him again and again and again. Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 24, 16, though the righteous fall seven times, they will rise again. Why is that? Why do they rise again? Why do they keep persevering? You ever ask yourself that question? Why can't I just throw in the towel when I become discouraged in my Christian life? I I just get so tired, and and sometimes we just think, I I can't do it anymore, and we want to give up, but we can't. Why is that? Because we have a father who is compassionate towards us. A father who said, I I began that good work in you. And I'm going to continue that work until the day of Jesus Christ. And so we may fall seven times, but the Christian is going to get up. He'll rise again and follow after Christ. That's because of our father's compassion for us. The son that he loves, he He disciplines, he chastens. He will not leave go of the work of his hands. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. And though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And so John tells us, brothers, I'm writing to you because I don't want you to sin, but I do want you to know this. If you do sin, And when you do sin, know this, that you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Therein is our hope. So we have a Father who is with us in our faults, has compassion in our faults, and when we fall again and again and again. And lastly this morning, he is compassionate towards us in our fears. You know, as children, we we all had fears, didn't we? Some of you children here probably think there's a monster under your bed. You know, we all had that. Used to run to bed and jump about five feet away from the bottom of our bed and land in the bed so that monster couldn't grab us. 
And a father is compassionate toward his children with their fears. And as they get older, these are real fears that we uh, have. And you know, as Christians, we, we have fears, don't we? There are real fears that, that we have as we go through our life. But we have a father who is drawn, his heart again is drawn out to his children to allay their fears. Jesus addresses some of these in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. We get worried about what we're going to eat. We get worried about what we're going to wear. We get worried just about the concerns of life. And Jesus, as he speaks to his disciples, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor do they gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father, he feeds them. Are you not of more value than those little birds? And of course the answer is yes to your Father. He gave his own Son to redeem you. And you are of far greater value than those little birds. And so he's going to take care of you. So don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. For the Gentiles, they seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God has your back. God is for you. And if he is for you, who can be against you? And even as we would think of death, that last great enemy. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. You are with me, Lord. You go with me. Paul says this to the Philippians. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly, these vile bodies that we have to be made like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Even in these fair bodies that are, that are going to be turning to dust, his heart goes out to his children. He has compassion upon them. I'm going to make you new one day. I'm going to raise you up and give you a a new and a glorified body. So even then, the Father's heart goes out to his people. And just in closing, the identity of those who are his children. Here, notice at the end of the verse, David says that his compassion is on those who fear him. They have been brought to faith in the God of Israel. They are people whose hearts have been changed and there is a godly fear that they have. We might say that they they are true believers. They have put their faith and their trust in Yahweh. Even as we, if we're a Christian today, this, this belongs to us. We are not by nature children of God. We are by nature children of wrath, Paul says. And it is only by faith in Jesus Christ, belonging to Christ, that he is our Father, that we can pray our Father who is in heaven. It's only by being rightly related to Christ, by faith in him. And so 
if you're here today, you're not a follower of Christ. The call of the gospel is to repent and to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to this Father through Jesus Christ, and he will be your Father. Christ will be your elder brother. It's found only in the gospel. And then he says to us, to all those who belong to him, I want you to become more and more like your father. Jesus said, love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. May we become more like him, compassionate toward people who are in need, compassionate to those in our body, compassionate to those in the world without Christ. May God so make us to be like himself. Just in closing this morning, there's a, a wonderful verse in First, Second Corinthians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Thomas Goodwin writes and he says, there is no sin or misery, but God has a mercy for it. He has a multitude of mercies of every kind as large and various as our needs, so large and various are his mercies, so that we may come boldly to find grace and mercy to help us in time of need, a mercy for every need. Brothers and sisters, what a wonderful heavenly father that we have. Shall we pray? Father, we come before you today with grateful hearts. We think of the words of John. How great a love is this, that, that we should be called the children of God. And we are thankful for your tender care, your tender affection towards your children. Lift up our eyes today to see the glory of our Father and his love for his people. And if there are any here outside of Christ, may you, by your grace, draw them to yourself. Bring them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your own dear beloved Son, that they might be able to say, My Father who is in heaven, may you draw them to Christ. May they come to faith in him this day. Bless your word to our hearts, and we pray and ask this with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to take your hymn book in closing this morning and turn to 346.